everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. Welcome to the show. We are on our um, very last episode of our Halloween horror series, which uh, we know steeped a little bit into November. But you know what? That's okay. Because, you know, scary movies don't just happen in October. Nope. And this one doesn't um, really it's true. That's true. Um, so we're wrapping up with um, Andrew's pick of the week, which is Misery, the uh, Rob Reiner film starring James Conn and Kathy Bates based on the Stephen King novel. Uh, Andrew, why did you pick this movie? <clears throat> because for starters, I absolutely love Kathy Bates in this movie. And I... I was reading this book. I was reading this book about, I bought this book for my birthday because Stephen King and I share a birthday. And both of our birthdays are on September 21st. And I decided one year I was going to buy the book Misery. Well, I had heard, I have not seen the movie. I had not seen the movie yet. So I'm reading this novel and I don't get, halfway through the novel and it's terrifying me it is literally terrifying me and i saw this movie for the first time a couple years ago and it was downright compelling and there's much more in the way of horror than just blood gore uh scary uh, or or jump scares. It's more along the lines of, you know, when you're confined, when you're confined to yourself, you know, and you're being held against your will, what are you going to do in order to stay alive? And for me, this was just a, a sheer like mountain of the mountain of those testaments right there, because you have James Conn, who is our, who is Paul Sheldon, the writer who is, can't get out of his can't get out of his own hole and his legs are broken so he's physically can't do anything and he's locked in a room with us with the number one fan psycho stalker annie wilkes who is and who is played to perfection by kathy bates yeah I think it is all around terrifying. And at the same time, it's just a very, very brilliantly, brilliantly written movie, a well-directed film and above all else, incredibly acted. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's one of Stephen King's better efforts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, I was looking it up and, um, the book only came out in 1987. This movie came out in 1990. So uh, very quickly, this uh, this this thing got shipped to uh, into the, the movie making business. Um, yeah, that, it was a quite a turnaround. Definitely, definitely. Hang on one second. Get it out. Get the sneeze out. <laughs> you know that's live TV. People just sneezing <laughs> on camera. But um, I'll uh, I'll I'll talk about. Uh, what I thought about it. So I hadn't seen it in a really long time um, when we rewatched it for this. So I kind of, there was a lot of stuff I'd forgotten about. 
And I found that I really did enjoy it um, still. It, it is very good. It holds up pretty well over the years, uh, especially those performances. You know, Kathy Bates is, is next level. She, you know, won yeah. the Oscar for Best um, Actress in um, for, the, for this role. So, which I saw made it uh, the only Stephen King adaptation to win an Oscar, which mm-hmm. is fun. So, but you know, not to not to downplay James Caan either, who is also very good um, with what he does with with his role as this kind of uh, um, this this writer who finds himself almost <laughs> almost in a mystery of his own making. You know, uh, it's like a, it's like a page right out of right out of his own books, which right. which I enjoy. And he even, as you go along, finds ways to try to play into it to gain the upper hand on Annie uh, and, and that whole dynamic. It's almost like a cat and mouse spy versus spy type thing uh, yeah. toward the end as, as he's trying to hide knives and uh, trick her out of the house by getting paper and whatnot. So I, really, I really liked it. I, I thought it was I thought it was really fun. Um, it's a different kind of scary. You know, I don't think especially when it comes to Stephen King's film adaptations, I think people typically think, you know, really gross, gory, ghost, demon things. But this one is not, um, not nonviolent, but you know, the most horrifying stuff in this movie happens just off screen, you know, the sledgehammer to the legs and whatnot. Oof. Thankfully, we don't have to see that. If this movie was made today, we would. <laughs> they would yeah. show us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be full on bone out. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one relies a lot more on the psychological aspect. And um, it doesn't really waste a lot of time. You know, uh, it's about, I mean, it's honestly about 30 minutes in where the other shoe sort of drops, you know, like it's kind of like you're thinking, okay, she seems somewhat trustworthy. And then it's like boom immediately she's not um it's kind yeah. of for yeah. uh, and, and it, it's not a movie that that uh relies on a lot of changing things it's mostly one to two locations um the cast is fairly small and no, uh, no. It, huh? i'm sorry my internet dropped for just a second my bad oh it's okay thank you okay. um yeah the, the cast is fairly small uh, it doesn't get bogged down with a lot of uh, unnecessary storylines. And like you said, the performances are just <coughs> are, are are good enough to carry what could have been a very slow, a very slow film. Um, because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of action. There's not a lot of chasing. It's all no. very suspenseful. It's all, you know, like I said, contained to like really one spot. And you really uh you really feel for uh, uh paul sheldon you know he may not be the the nicest guy in the world for who knows but you, you're like man that's a, a really bad situation and you know what's funny is they foreshadow they foreshadow him getting caught but he doesn't get caught right away they, they, they allow for a second foul up which i thought was really clever because um, anytime, anytime you guys know this, anytime a, a camera shot lingers on something for a little bit, you know, that's going to come back into play. And so there's a moment early on where you think, oh, he's going to get caught now. 
and and he doesn't and he and at first i was like oh well that feels like a mistake then but it wasn't it was thinking thinking ahead and i don't know if that's strictly from the novel or if that's from that's something they came up with but it's brilliant uh so yeah you know it was uh it's really good really well shot there was some cool stuff going on and uh uh i think i think this might have been I don't know. I'm trying to think if this was like my favorite of the four we've done or not. I think it's up there though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel bad what? for uh, poor, poor Buster. You know, yeah. This, this poor old man trying to do oh, the yeah. right thing gets it, gets it hard right in the back. Pretty I know much. This, guy, this guy hasn't seen a crime in 38 years and he's just like sitting there. He gets a phone call, missing person. Oh, yeah, I'll look into that. Takes his time with it a little bit. But he's he's on it. Does some real detective work. Take takes a while, but he's doing it. Oh, he, and he almost yeah. yeah, almost gets away without noticing. It yeah. would not be a Stephen King movie if someone didn't have to go to a library news section uh, and, and fiddle through old newspapers. So we uh, we we did get that scene and uh, everything working. But yeah, it it. it I mean, I guess, I guess it's kind of what I say. It's like it's a, it's a movie with a body count of two. You know, mm. it's not like there's a ton of people that die in this movie. And so, uh, one of the guys, one of the people that gets it, is the guy doing the right thing, and that's always kind of tough to see. Yeah, and yeah, no mercy for him either. What I, uh, what I, what I like about this movie in general is how much it kind of means to Stephen King himself. And I th- that's one reason why I chose it, why I chose it to begin with, because like the 80s were very, very drug fueled for Stephen King. And, <laughs> and he was battling a really, really bad cocaine addiction. Like his cocaine, his cocaine addiction was very out of control. He wrote the book Misery. In, uh, in fact, hold on. Before I before I get too long, too far along, there's a whole there's a book out there. I forget which one that Stephen King wrote that he does not remember writing because of his addiction. He has no he has no recollection of it. He wrote misery as a way of he wrote misery as a way of of uh, describing that struggle of overcoming addiction. And huh. Annie Wilkes was his addiction. That makes Paul Sheldon, yeah, Paul Sheldon was Stephen King. And so he's wrestling with it. He's just like, do you do I keep going on or what do I do? And you know, the snow is kind of reminiscent because the snow is like is white. So I mean it's obviously some like hidden symbology in there, but also it's just like what you said just a second ago. There's it's one of the few Stephen King novels where horror, where where horror doesn't have like, doesn't take precedent in the form of like a monster. Like, human beings are just as bad as monsters themselves. Human beings can be monsters, and this and Annie Wilkes was definitely a monster. Yeah, what a good you know. This is something that's been present uh, in our society for a long time but what a great little um uh look take on toxic fandom 
um, yeah. which is what it's kind of expanded to today. You know, this is this is a story of a, a woman who becomes obsessed with a particular author's work, specifically a series about a, a single character. But uh, fandom today is kind of very toxic, not obviously not to the point of everyone's kidnapping their favorite stars, but I just like the, the metaphor you can find in there of uh, of uh, a fandom taking in something it loves and, and forcing it to write what it wants yeah. uh, the story to be, not what the author wants. Yeah, demanding it the way they want it to go. I, I want it my way, not the creator's way. I, I, I think, and I think that's what helps the movie uh, stand the test of time. You know, as long as that continues to exist, uh, which you yeah. know, obviously it will, because that's just human nature. Uh, this movie will be relatable, I think. Yeah, it definitely uh, is one of those movies that yeah, that, that has a timeless element to it. You know, um, obviously some things are a little dated from the typewriter to, of course, uh, some of, you know some of the. Uh, those types of things but it's not it's not important at the end of the day those 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 more dated aspects because the human condition within it is is totally relatable today um you know and uh ali annie wilkes's character is so uh well-rounded um because she's not just she's not just crazy it is outright like hey i'm gonna be crazy right away and that's me you know, she's yeah. smart. She's very, she's very clever. And she doesn't, um, she doesn't sort of just lay everything out there right away. She knows to take her time. She knows to not spring traps when, um, when it's too early. Um, and she doesn't get fooled too much by James Conn, even though he tries to slowly kind of you know, work on her sympathies and work on her, her, her interests. And it works a little bit, but she's always, she's very, she's very quick to say, you know, uh, I, I don't trust you a hundred percent. I love you, but I, I, you know, I know what she's, she's very aware of the situation she has him in, you know, it's not like she's under some delusion. She's, she's very clearly not under some delusion that what she's doing is okay. So she's very, uh, uh ready for him to try to escape. And right. Um, the moments of him trying to escape her are some of the most uh, intense because you're thinking like, go, 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 go. Oh, you know, shut that door, shut that door. You know, um, for a movie that I was well aware of, I've never seen it before, but I've seen it parodied. I've seen it referenced. I've seen it. Um, I've seen it cited for different things. Right. Um, yeah. It was actually surprisingly, I'm, I'm glad that the movie itself still lived up. It had plenty of, anticipation and plenty of surprises um there it wasn't it hadn't been ruined for me by the you know the the metaverse (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay the metaverse good deal because i've had that i've had movies that have been for me because of friends telling the jokes or friends talking about it or tv shows referencing it that was me with anchorman finally saw Mm -hmm. anchorman i was like none of these jokes are landing because i heard all the jokes I've heard everybody tell these jokes for the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense, you know, because you want, yeah. you want to maintain the mystery, but um, sometimes, especially in today's world, it's just very hard to do. It is. It can be tough. I agree. It can certainly be tough. Well, what else did we think about, uh, about, about old misery? Any, any favorite scenes? 
come to mind? Oh, you know what? I'm answering my own question. This isn't really a scene, but I just have to say how much I enjoyed um, some of Annie's dialogue. Um, you know, she had two things she liked to say a lot, which was cock-a-duty, mm-hmm. which just makes me laugh. And she kept calling him Mr. Man, which Mr. Man. just made me uncomfortable. As such it was, as it's, uh, it was yeah. like she was chiding a, a child, you know, like, no, 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 Mr. Man. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very, it's a, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like that's a very, like, late 80s, early 90s. Probably. Mr. Man or whatever. Maybe Man, it's even older yeah. than that. Maybe it's even older than that because maybe it's from her upbringing. But yeah, Cock of Duty, which um, infamously there's an episode of Family Guy, which is like a, a very, like, a, not shot for shot because it's like 20 minutes but like you know references all this and Stewie says cock a in it and uh it, it was great to kind of hear that come back up because it's such a it's such a uh strange word it like, is a strange it's... word well and there's a part where she gets really upset and is yelling at paul for having his characters curse and she goes on this diatribe and she she says some some like curses that i've never even heard before <laughs> They just they and they didn't feel like they were bad. They just sounded so old and weird. Yeah, they sounded they sounded very they they sounded dated. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Annie is a is a quotable character in a really weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can see why she won an award because it's like it's like she really it, it, like uh, Kathy Bates just lives the character scene yeah. to scene it, it feels yeah. it doesn't it feels so natural everything she's doing um there's, whereas i feel like yeah there's very little uh build-up in her outburst either it's kind of like she's suddenly angry yeah she just yeah. snapped there's a great moment where she's looking out the window right she's looking out the window and she says you know after my husband died i thought i was going crazy there for a minute and and i and i just kind of said out loud i'm glad that didn't happen and uh <laughs> got a good laugh from the wife but uh, i was like i was like <laughs> i was expecting james con to be like well I'm glad to see that didn't happen clearly if i were james con i would have been probably a lot meaner i think especially after the leg breaking scene which is not my favorite scene but let's face it that's probably the most memorable scene from this right the hobbling yeah yeah okay here's here's i had to find it here's the quote that Annie says, and she's yelling about the curses. She says, the swearing, Paul, there, I said it. It has no nobility. What do you think I say when I go to the speed store in town? Oh, now, Wally, give me a bag of that effing pig feed and 10 pounds of that bitchly cow corn. And the bank, do I tell Mrs. Bollinger, oh, here's one bastard of a check. Give me some of your Christing money. What does any of that even mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's just putting it in where she just put. This is clearly a woman who doesn't curse, so she's just putting them in wherever. She's putting them in wherever it right. feels right. I, yeah, I she love doesn't them. use these words. It's yeah, great. Yeah. It's kind of it shows that there is yeah. like a weird warped level of. Oh gosh, innocence isn't the right word, but naivete, I guess. You know, there's yeah, like a, yeah. like even though she's done some bad things in her past, there's still kind of a a. a a very repressed little girl who's mm-hmm. in this and she has found her, her outlet is her outlets are, are his books and violence, you know? 
Yeah. I, I also laughed out loud when she said, this whole house is going to be full of romance. Oh, I'm going to put on my Liberace records. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a good way, I think. She's just. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. She's such a weirdo and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, you know, I, I thought about, think about, so I want to bring up this comparison. I thought about um, movies that are similar to this and how uh, the advancing of time and technology and styles have changed how the pacing of a, of a movie like this goes. The closest I could really think of recently was um, 10 Cloverfield Lane, where you have somebody sort of taken against their will and not being given the full story. And they, you don't know if you can trust the person uh, and how they handle the slow burn of that versus here. Because like I said, they get very cl- It's very quick. The situation is, is made click very clearly. And then it's just like an hour of trying to get away from this woman. So I, I think it's such a fascinating idea. The hostage, if you will, the hostage film, not one you get very many movies of. No. No. And uh, do you guys, uh, did you guys get worried for a second that it, when at the end, when he saw her with the cake, that was, that was really her? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it crossed my mind. I thought, I don't know, she looked real dead. I know, that's what I thought too. I was like, she looked very dead and she doesn't have the word misery planted in her forehead now. So I was like, I was like, please don't be her. That's going to be awkward. Hey, the lady with her cake, with the cake was the second number one fan. I know. I think anybody who said number one fan to me after that experience, I'd be like, you better not be. <laughs> I'm coming. Anyway. You better not be. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did, let me anyway. ask you guys. So we've we've watched a lot of movies. We have a lot of fandoms. Oh yeah. Was there a book series that you guys would uh, would would you consider uh, not kidnapping anybody over? But like, is there any book series that you would be like, wow, if I I, I you know like I really want to meet the author and I want to I want to talk I I want to you know is anything like that like or maybe even a TV show or uh, you know got you to that level of overthinking. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have had, you know, a dinner with J.K. Rowling or something at, at a certain point in time. Perhaps less so today. <laughs> but Probably circa 2011. Yeah, before she kind of muddied the, the universe a bit, the Harry Potter universe and, and just other things. Um, but who else? I don't know. There's not a lot of authors that I'm like that big on you know yeah uh for me i think it was it was and 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 kind of will always be um gosh man i'm trying to think of like even my own question because like it, it's like the obsession like i got so angry like the kidnapping thing that happens before she finds out how the last book ends yeah yeah uh I was pretty pissed about the How I Met Your Mother ending, and I might have kidnapped somebody over that. You never know. I'd do it again. I'm kidding, of course. That was so. I was so. Yes. Uh, I was so frustrated by that, and so like, I. I agree with that. You change. You change this. You, you change fix it all. No, you had to fix it all. Just cut the mo- Just cut well. the show off forty seconds early. Like the last forty seconds. That's true. That I mean, you know, this could. I could do a whole podcast about that, but I won't. <laughs> someday 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 
someday Quite maybe. we can do that i would andrew, do yes, oh yeah who, who uh, would you do andrew uh, I would I, I would want to sit down with J.R.R. Tolkien. He's he's dead. Well, no, I mean, if we're talking about any author. Oh, if he were alive. Yeah. Okay. That and Mary Shelley. Time. What would you say to J.R.R. Tolkien? I would say, how do you how do you create a universe? Like, how do you create a universe where you know, based on experience. He says, and, I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. I didn't create anything. <laughs> oh, it's Middle Earth is all real, if you believe. That's true. <laughs> uh, but no, I would I would want to sit down with him. Uh, I would want to sit down with him. And maybe if Jane Austen were around, I'd want to say, hey, take a look at all these people that you influenced. And what do you have to think about that? I did. I did read a review, like a user review somewhere, um, with someone saying they wanted to do this. It, it was like me, but with George R. R. Martin to finish yeah. <laughs> the damn Game of Thrones books. Right. Right. You're gonna sit there and write till it's done. You're gonna do it. I'm gonna watch you do it. And then I'm gonna read your work. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm gonna tell you if it's not good enough. Yeah, I've never really had that attachment because usually, usually I'm content to just accept the story as it is. You know, that's how I was with a lot of shows and books when I was a kid. I just accepted it for what it was. Um, if if a couple that I thought should be together didn't get together, I didn't I didn't care. I didn't put them together. Yeah. Um, well, that's not entirely true, but it is mostly true. You know, I I I don't get really upset about those kind of things, but it does happen. There are, I mean, I've been I've been on plenty of reddit threads and tumblr blogs or whatever it, it, it people get obsessed with and it doesn't matter what it is anything there are people get upset there are people who get obsessed with how fan fictions end right. oh yeah the fa- fandoms are strong i mean especially in the i, I think in in the world today because you've got uh i mean so, uh, uh, i can't even get it out um obviously harry potter big fan there's still a huge twilight fandom um lord of the rings doctor who Star Wars, you name it. Uh, these people build these worlds or expand these worlds kind of in their own imaginations and through fan fiction and all that. And so it can easily happen. I mean, I keep going back to Star Wars just because it's what I know the most about. But, um, yeah. you know, when when the Disney Star or Lucasfilm purchase happened and they made the announcement that they were going to remove all of the extended universe stuff from the canon... That upset some people because that became canon to them. Um, yeah. So you start changing with with fans' expectations or understandings of what you know their beloved franchise is. You're gonna hit some problems. Oh yeah, you're gonna anyway, strike some nerves. That's also another podcast. Yeah. But let's move on. We're we're running low here on time. Yeah. We don't want to we don't want to spend too much time. So how how do we do box office wise with this movie? Uh, well, this movie opened up on the uh, weekend of November 30th of 1990. So that's uh, just post Thanksgiving. Just, after Thanksgiving. That's, that's just shortly a few months after I was born. Yeah, right. This is uh, this movie is uh, almost this movie is almost exactly 31 years old. Um, so uh, it debuted in the number two spot 
uh, with $10 million. And you're going to be wondering like, well, this seemed like it was a pretty, you know, pretty big movie. Why did, what, what was number one that weekend? Well, unfortunately for misery, it debuted in the third week of home alone, which as you guys know, ran rampant through the holiday weekend of 1990 and 1991 home alone was in its third week and made 14.3 million only dropping 30% in its previous week. Uh, behind that was three men and a little lady, a lesser known sequel to three men and a baby, which I hope to one day have us do because I mean, you know, cheese and all that. And then number four, you had dances with wolves ringing in 7 million in its fourth week. And number five, and also lesser, I think, my opinion, appreciated sequel, Predator 2, brought in $4.1 million in its second weekend. So uh, so you got Home Alone, Misery, Three Men and a Little Lady, Dances Wolves, and Predator 2. Uh, I'll, I'll spare you the details of 1990 as a whole, but let's look at Stephen King's works adapted to film. What is the <laughs> highest grossing film in the Stephen King-averse? Well, no surprise here, it is It. Chapter one from 2017. And number two, it chapter two from 2019. We review both those movies. You can see this. Yes, we did. Our podcast feed. Uh, anyone who want to guess the number three movie? Really quick. What do you think, Andrew? The Green Mile. Oh, yeah, nailed it. The Green Mile mm-hmm. bringing in $136 million back in 1999. And number four, a surprise here for me, uh, the movie 1408. Do you guys remember this? I do remember it, yeah. Wow. That came back okay. out. That came out in 2007. Brought in 71 million domestically, and at number five, it still holds the spot. Misery with 61 million dollars total in its run. Uh, so misery still holding a good spot on Stephen King's overalls. Uh, it's a good. list. I mean, it's a decent list. A lot of Stephen King's movies. You know, Stephen King's movies are entertaining. At the at the very yeah. least, you know, some of them are. Some yeah. of them don't uh, get a very good reviews. Um, hang on one second. Uh, I'll go ahead and defer to you guys for the letterbox. Sam. I think Andrew leads it this week. Okay. Well, Andrew, why don't you do? You... Okay. <laughs> yeah, pull All it right. up. I think you won last time. I think uh, sorry. Uh, my 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 son was uh, uh, about to get into my dog's water bowl. He did. Oh, no. Okay. That's not for you, dude. Rushing off the thing there. Sorry. Easier. Oh no! I got a boy for the rest of the show. Hey. Who's your son? How do you know? Trying to guess here what I think. I want to say, <coughs> I'm going to say 3.2 for my guess. Josh, you're 3.2? David. Yeah. I'm going to guess at 3.6. Okay. So, David, you're 3.6. All right. The winner this week is David. Yay. He, uh, the 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 fan or uh, the final rate is three point nine from a total oh, of five wow. from a total of five hundred and forty fans. And <laughs> looking at some of these reviews, are actually quite they're they're funny as usual. Um, this movie is me locking Quentin Tarantino in my apartment after his tenth movie, forcing him to write more. <laughs> no, no, thank you. And. Yeah, there's one in French. Yeah, that's about it. But like, uh, but yeah, no, I easily give this movie a four stars. Okay. You know, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think I yeah. give it a four as well. 
I'm going to, I'm going to pull a Garrett with you and I'm going to give it, I'm going to one up you. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Cause I think, okay. it is, I think it is practically perfect. I think that there's only a few things that I, that, that I think would make it better, but I won't get into those right now. That's okay. fair enough. Okay. Nice. So we got two, two fours and a four and a half that, uh, that's probably going to round up to a four and a half. I'd imagine. I think like a four yeah. point two. Four point like two. Well, that finally wraps up our uh, Halloween series here on the show. We will, we've got some more stuff cooked, uh, cooking for you though, for the, for the rest of the year before we kind of go on our little hiatus. Obviously you got Christmas movies to look forward to. We'll be talking about those in December. A um, couple more new movies. Uh, obviously we, we will be talking about Marvel's Eternals. So go watch that uh, before you listen to the show and just stick around. Cause we got more stuff. We got more stuff for you. Um, in the next several weeks. So find us online, so many sequels.com. You can check all our links there and subscribe and follow us on social media. We'll see you next time. Bye.